1: What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the No Sabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Behind the Bastards,
2: the only podcast about bad people that there's ever been. Under only one NATO law. Um, I'm Robert Evans, host of this podcast. You are normally. I tell the the very detailed story about a terrible person or a terrible group of people or a terrible thing that was done by terrible people. But this week we're we're doing things a little bit a little bit different. Garrison, uh, my 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 friend, um, local youth about town, Portland photojournalist Garrison. You want to explain what's going on today? Does Garrison yeah. have so, a
4: last name? Just just just.
5: Oh yeah! Hi. No. This 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 is Garrison Davis, local youth in Portland, and uh, reporter. My young ward. Yeah, Robert's young ward, and because Aww. of Robert's injury, I have now successfully cooed this podcast.
2: Yeah, you did. You, and did. you cooed the hell out of me. I
5: am now gonna be running the show for today until there is a coup to this coup. Um, a counter coup. A, cou- yeah. a counter
4: coup in I've the been studying days. the
2: School of the Americas. Is I think really, I can pull one off. Is
4: it really a coup if you go, hey, can I host your podcast? And then Robert and I both go, yeah?
2: That's, I don't know. What's Either way, brand? Sophie, I've got some death squads in El Salvador, but that may wind up just being just a, a separate thing I do. Anyway, uh, Garrison is going to be presenting the episode this week, an episode that he wrote, and I will be the guest on my own show. And I will supervise all of it. While, so, while drinking, Sophie's a, gonna yeah
4: yeah while I drink a Persecco out of a glass straw.
2: And we've we've scheduled this for Garrison's 18th birthday, so that I'm no longer violating child labor law by having you on the podcast. Yay!
5: Hello, yes, yeah, yeah it, it is my birthday
2: today. Wow! Happy so Garrison, birthday.
5: you oh, want to tell you. the
2: people America, England, Australia, numerous other countries, Canada, maybe? maybe. You want to tell them what the episode for today is.
5: Um, we are going to be talking about an organization called Focus on the Family. Um, <laughs> with if if you've if you've heard of that, you've probably heard of it from John Oliver's show, um, or you grew up with this organization, kind of in your life as like at, like if you grew up as a Christian. Um, we're to be yeah, we're going to be learning all about some weird stuff they did, some surprising stuff they did. Um, yeah, and I was it was actually a surprise for even though I'm familiar with this organization like personally. I learned some new things when I was doing research for this. So e- even I was surprised with what I found.
2: Yeah, and for our, our listeners who haven't been stalking you on the internet, you grew up in a what you've called to me repeatedly a cult.
5: Yeah, I, me and my family were in a cult in Canada for about 11 years. We moved to Portland to get out of the cult. And have been here, and I, I, I've been here ever since. Some of my family's back in Canada, but not,
2: but not in a cult. Now, um, yeah, when you're in a Canadian cult, is it the Mounties that burn your compound um, <laughs> um, with, by incinerating <laughs> tear gas, or is there another agency?
5: The, the, I've seen the Mounties do stuff like that. Also, the 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 Canadian Revenue Service. Oh. Like, um, was the big enemy of our cult okay that, that, that was, makes sense that was yeah. the
2: one that they had fights with <laughs> i'm gonna guess a lot of people didn't think they ought to pay taxes illegal fu- illegally
5: yeah. trying to get like tax cuts for their like fake school that they were running that i went to for the first like six months of my first six years of my schooling yeah Excellent. anyway we'll, all right we'll, we'll, we'll talk this, this, this stuff will come back later
2: so let's talk about focus on the family focus on I'm the family let you start
4: yeah um got this?
2: oh thank you sophie Um, To
5: really understand what Focus on the Family is both in the past and what it kind of is now, uh, we're first going to have to kind of learn about its founder, James Dobson, or technically it should be Dr. James Dobson, but we'll we'll talk more about why I don't want to say that later. Um, Since Focus on the Family is really just an extension of who Dobson is as a person. Um, Dobson was born in 1936, and he is still alive. He was was born in 1936. (laughs) He shouldn't be. He's still alive. uh, he was born in Louisiana. Um, his father was a traveling evangelist. Religion was a prevailing part of Dobson's life since he was essentially a baby. Uh, quoting a book about focus on the family and Christian right wing radio and the influence they had on American culture in the twenty, in like across the whole twentieth century. Um, it's a book called Stations of the Cross. It's actually, a pretty pretty good book. Uh, but this this is this is a quote. Dobson claims to have been able to pray before he could talk and to have felt God's calling from as early as age three when he toddled up to the altar in response to his father's Sunday morning altar call that the unsaved offer their lives to Jesus. Um, And th- this, this isn't that all uncommon for like people as young, young as three to like, have their parents pressure them into doing? stuff yeah. like this. I, I, this even now, this is still, this isn't, yeah. this isn't that. Uncommon. If you,
2: if you want, if listeners want another look at what it's like to be pushed into stuff like this when you're three, uh, check out the documentary Marjo, which is about the youngest pastor in American history who was performing marriage ceremonies when he was like four years old. Oh, Marjo that's Gortner. good. Yeah, his seen, name was Marion Joseph. That's why they called him Marjo. Have you seen
4: the the photo and video that's been going around the? interwebs this week of the baby that was jet skiing that's six month old
2: well that's just rad th- as th- hell, that though. sounds good actually yeah. oh, okay. i don't see a problem with that no i um, actually think babies should be jet skiing at even younger ages th-
4: they, they should be jet skiing
2: yeah. before,
5: before they should be able to pray that yeah, is my opinion i i would agree with you yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and and uh, there is an, there's an article from 1990, but in the Washington Post by uh, a journalist named uh, Laura Strepp. Um, and, and it detailed a lot of stuff about focus in the family in the 70s and 80s. And it details some of Dobson's early life and family. Uh, this is a quote from that article. His father and mother, James and Myrtle Dobson, were married for 43 years. His father never went to college and became a, a traveling evangelist. um, in the Church of Nazarene, which is like a, a fundamentalist Protestant type of church, um, as an only child, he received all the attention and love his parents had to give. His mother deferred to her husband on all major matters, but she often found herself alone. From her, Dobson says he got his idea that firm discipline is the cornerstone of the parent-child relationship, and this this is very this is very important. Here is a quote from Dobson's first book when he when he talks about his mother. She knew that backtalk and lip are the child's most potent weapons of defiance and must be discouraged. On one occasion, she Famous cracked, weapon, backtalk. Backtalk, <laughs> violent <laughs> weapon. And speaking... And on one occasion, she cracked me with a shoe. At other times, she used a handy belt. This is in response to back the weapon yeah. of backtalk. Yeah, well, you so gotta use the, the weapon
2: of a shoe against the weapon of backtalk. That's just is fine.
5: The day I learned the importance of staying out of reach shines like a neon light in my mind. I made the costly mistake of sassing her when I was about four feet away. Her hand landed on a girdle. It weighed about 16 pounds and was lined with lead and steel. Jesus Christ. She drew back and swung that abominable garment in my direction. The intended blow caught me across the chest, followed by a multitude of straps and buckles wrapping themselves around my midsection. She gave me an entire thrashing with one massive blow. From that Forward, I cautiously retreated a few steps back before popping off. Good lesson for kids to learn: stay and, out of reach of adults because they want to harm but you. But remember, this is the stuff that ev- that influenced his ministry. Because yeah. this is the stuff that he thinks is the his, cornerstone. So his of a earliest lesson
2: is. You always want to stay away from adults, is out of reach of adults because you never know when they will want to physically damage yes,
5: you. Yes, and but this yeah. is a key tenet of his ministry is teaching stuff like this. Though this is like the cornerstone yeah. of
2: a you know a strong parent child relationship. Does this guy tie into to train up a child in that book and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. awesome, oh, cool. Wait, wait <laughs> until we talk about his first book and what and some fun some fun fun legal issues that happened around oh, this. Oh boy, it's a child abuse episode, everybody. <laughs> this is oh, this, very no, excited.
5: This whole, whole two parter. A child abuse episode
2: Sophie uh, Send Sophia A letter of apology That we we don't have her on To talk about children (laughs) Are there dead babies
4: Garrison Um
2: There's dead teenagers Hell yeah right. Um But I mean
5: And well Yeah no (laughs) There's hell yeah Dead teenagers Robert (laughs) Damn right We'll we'll talk We'll figure this out later Um the uh, the Washington Post article continues. As Dobson was about to start his junior year in high school, his father decided to take a job as a pastor and settle down in San Benito, Texas, um, a very hot, flat outpost near the Mexican border. Because of his religious beliefs, Dobson couldn't dance or go to the movies like the rest of his friends, but he earned their respect by becoming a top tennis player.
4: Okay, which I mean, yeah. okay. So in terms of cult first stuff, first time wait, anyone wait, earned wait, respect wait, wait, through wait. tennis. But yeah. tennis is tennis, <laughs> tennis involved in the cult.
5: No, what is involved in the cult is like being able like in these kind of very firm Christian kind of um, churches and also, you know, some more of the worst cult stuff, not being able to dance or go to the movies is is pretty standard. Like I couldn't go to the movies for most of my most of my life so far. I've not. been. Well, yeah, because that's like Hollywood's
2: just straight. Yeah. The devil.
5: Like, sure. My parents at my parents wedding, they weren't allowed to dance. There was no dance allowed at all. There was no dancing. Well, it's, that would it let
2: the devil right into the wedding. Yeah. You would have grown yeah. up with your brother, the devil, if that had happened.
4: <laughs> but wait, I don't so, understand. Yeah. How does ten- what does tennis have to do with this?
5: Tennis is how he be- is how he gained his friends respect because he couldn't go to the movies or dance. So the thing Dobson did to get like friends is play tennis very well.
4: So it's not I, I like guess, it's not I, like how uh, Keith Raniere made all his people play volleyball at like three in the morning. Right.
2: I don't know what that means. I'm too young. Oh, that was another guy we did an episode on. Oh, uh, it was know another what that means, cult where he
4: forced them to play volleyball okay. at like
5: three in the no, morning. No, no, it
2: sounds like it was just that's, a kid gaining no, respect No, this is a kid sports. trying
5: to find anything to gain friends because he can't because he lives in a bad Poppy. situation.
2: All right, yeah. Um,
5: Those were the best years America ever had," said one of Dobson's high school friends, retired Colonel Harlan Baker Jr. That's his. That's his, <laughs> that's, that's his high school friend. Okay, yeah. Colonel Bake Baker Jr. Bake Baker, okay. We had the hamburgers, the milkshakes. We didn't drink or smoke. Our parents gave us room to spread our wings, but also set limits. Again, this is the kind of stuff he's going to talk about as in his ministry. You know, yeah. this we'll, we'll, we'll find... We'll I'm f- seeing what's building you're, here. This yeah. is kind of obvious what's kind of being built here. Um, after graduating high school, Dobson went to Pasadena College, a small liberal arts college, uh, well, a small liberal arts Christian college um, uh. in Southern California with an interest in human behavioral studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Washington Post, the hope, yeah, yeah, you can see where this is mm-hmm. going to go in like the 50s and I 60s. I it's going a good place. Um, Washington Post article writes, But after he had taken a couple of psychology courses, Dobson was convinced that God was calling him to go all the way into the field. It was not an easy time for a Christian to go into psychology. Some psychologists thought Christians were deluded know-nothings, and some Christians thought psychologists were devil-worshippers or worse. Sure. Okay, I'm not sure
2: what. I don't means know that I Christian believe that either worshiper. side of that. I don't. I don't really believe that there was ever a situation in which, like, a bunch of psychologists were like, <laughs> Those... "Oh, hey, members of the in, largest, And most the 60s. culturally dominant yeah. religion in the country, y'all are silly. <laughs> in you the can't 60s. be psychologists." Yeah, I don't think that ever happened. No, not in the 60s. <laughs> but he's in yeah. the
4: psychology because I, I know but, a lot of cults yeah. are like against. Yes, like psychology is becomes... anti-psychology, etc.
5: Yes, become yeah. He he, he, he's into he's into psychology, and this is going to be his most potent weapon in trying to take over the country. Oh, I think this is going in a good um, direction, I'm then. I'm so
4: excited. Continue. Yeah.
5: yeah. Soon, Dobson went on to the University of Southern California to get his PhD in child development. Um, this is when Dobson became Dr. James Dobson. This was in 1967. Um, his doctor status was very important to him as he became popular in the uh, 80s and 90s. Oh, with his employees only being able to refer to him as Dr. Dobson. Like this this was very important to give him credibility to speak in like wide settings both politically and 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 like to Christian people. He was very happy about being be, being able to be called a doctor.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty proud of being a reverend doctor <laughs> uh according to the state of New Jersey.
5: Um so, Dobson, um according to the post, Dobson took the precise number of credits needed to uh, get his doctorate, and not one more. He was anxious to get his family life going and to speak out on the values
2: he believed were eroding at breakneck speed. All right, well, okay. Um, it's a little <laughs> weird to critique him for not taking more credits than he needed to get I his doctorate. That's a lot that. of credits. That's a <laughs> lot of credits,
5: but he was very anxious to get his work yeah. started. Um and the values that he thinks are eroding, um he he, he writes about in one of one of his books. Uh, this was this uh, when he was getting his doctorate, he was in LA during the mid 60s. Um, great time to be in LA. In Nothing bad ni- happened. Y- yeah. In one of Dobson's books from the 90s called uh, the book is titled The Strong-Willed Child by the way. Just, you know, you can get great. a sense of what his books are titled. I guess strong-willed means talking? I yes. <laughs> um, this is what Dobson writes about the summer of 1965 in LA. Our cities began to burn during the hot summer of racial strife. That signaled the start of the chaos to come. The class of 1965 entered college at a time where drug abuse was not only prevalent, but became almost universal for students and teachers alike. Intellectual deterioration was inevitable. Accompanying this social upheaval was a sudden disintegration of moral and ethical principles such as which has never occurred in the history of all of mankind." All at once, there was no definite values, no standards, no absolutes, no rules, no traditional beliefs on which to lean. Um, Now, when Dobson's referring to this talk of chaos in a long, hot summer of racial strife, quote-unquote. Yeah, He's referring to the hot. Watts uprising yep. of 1965. Yeah, 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 I get that. Um, when he yeah. was in L.A. And that that was, if you're unfamiliar, uh, this started when the police assaulted multiple people during a, an arrest for reckless driving. Um, the L.A. Times writes, um, after rumors spread of the police had roughed people up and kicked a pregnant woman, angry mobs formed, turning a 46-square-mile swath of the city into a combat zone. And this this isn't, like, exaggerating.
2: Like, so people get angry when you kick pregnant women. Yeah, the police kick,
5: kick some yes, pregnant women that rough a lot of people right.
2: I'll, I'll have during a nasty arrest. Um,
5: it's estimated that 35,000 people took part in the mass rioting and looting over the course of those six days. 14,000 members of the California National Guard were deployed to put an end to this civil unrest. Again, this is for like six days. Um... In all, 16,000 law enforcement officers were mobilized as a self-described attacking force. 31 31 people were killed by law enforcement during these protests and riots. Um, There were over 1,000 reported injuries, 3,500 arrests over the course of these six days. Um, The police chief that handled this uprising was the same chief that, um, if not coined, at least popularized the term Thin Blue Line. Yeah. Um, oh, same, same guy. So and, and, and Dobson Dobson was here for all of this. He he watched this unfold and he was very upset um, in referring to this, referring to the WhatsApp rising. He said, um, what's what's happening to this country and what what will happen to my children as a result? So he was he was there for this. He was not he was not a
2: fan. I mean, because I mean, yeah, he's, he's not a fan a, of all of these people getting angry that a cop kicked a pregnant woman. Yeah. And yeah. he's not that pro yeah. racial civil rights that
5: much oh um, no th- really th- that's not gonna be like a big part of what we're talking about but he he was yeah. he was known to be a racist which we you know he's a, cop. As a guy born in, as a you know someone's yeah. a
2: a real character when you can say like he was super racist but yeah. we're not even gonna, we're not get even gonna to talk that. about that the child just, abuse is gonna take child up all of our time and gay
5: conversion therapy which is much worse yeah. um yeah really the racism was the best part of it <laughs> it did the least amount of damage um yeah yeah, uh, so unfailing obedience to authority and old-fashioned Christian morality became Dobson's sh- signature talking points um, when he spoke about raising children. Um, despite him having like an actual job at you know the university, he he, he got a job at the University of Southern California School of Medicine for quote researching childhood disorders that led to mental retardation. Because again, this is the '60s, so that's how we phrase things. Um, even though Dobson had a job. Dobson just eventually began showing up at local PTA meetings to like talk about child development, like not for his own kids, just cool. local ones in the showing area. Showing up
2: at PTA. I mean, yeah, I've, I've done the same thing before. Sometimes I'll get a little <laughs> bit drunk. Like it's, you know, it's a good way to spend um, Wednesday. And then eventually he got invited to teach Sunday school classes
5: and then got invited to speak on like radio talk shows. He actually he actually got on just invited to speak on Barbara Walters TV talk show. Um, just about random stuff because I mean, again, he's a doctor in child development, but this was just like a thinly veiled thing to spread his religious, um, kind of parenting advice. Cool. Um, that sounds fine. His uh bi- biographer Rolf Zettersten, I believe that's how you say it. Whatever. Um, we don't wrote, pronounce
4: things right on this podcast. It's fine. Uh,
5: cool. Great. Um, he 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 wrote about why Dobson had such immediate popularity with parents. Uh, this is this is what Rolf says about Dobson in in one of Dobson's biographies. Um, he condemned the so-called new morality. He demanded more discipline in the schools. He taught parents how to reassert their authority at home, and he unflinchingly called sin by its biblical name, sin. And that's <laughs> all in all caps. It's, it's that's all good. the only difference is yeah. it's all in all caps yeah. at the end. Yeah, that's 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 really it. Um, by 1970, Dobson was able to publish his first book. Um, by Christian publisher uh, Tyndale House. The book was called Dare to Discipline, and I'm sure we (laughs) can all guess what that book was about. Yeah. um, Uh, Because when he says discipline, it, it means... It means picking up a girdle. A bit of tennis racket was used And slashing your children, like Mm -hmm. what happened to him, and probably tennis rackets.
2: Yeah, I mean, the key Um, to beating children, I've always said this, is that you want to use improvised weaponry, because that shows that there wasn't intent if you wind up in a court case later. You want to be able to claim that it was just an accident. The kid ran into your girdle, (laughs) which you can't claim if you're, like, using a telescoping baton on a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, Five years later, he released
5: another book, and th- this book is the best title. This is this is the title to his to his second book released five years later. Oh my god! What what wives wish their husbands knew about women?
2: Oh, which is oh, okay. It's ha- a really oh, but this is full of a lot of good information.
5: I, yeah, I really love that. Again, him as a man born in the '30s wrote a book called "What Wives Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women." And that's that's mm-hmm. that's his that's his second
4: wives book. wives wish their husbands knew about women? Okay, wrong answers only, Robert. <laughs>
2: uh oh boy, you know what? I don't want to get canceled, so I'm not even going to try to make a joke about that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel 19- like I might be in hot water after the batoning children remarks. So let's just let's just sail on. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we're like yeah, all right. Um, we're like twenty minutes in. So oh. Um, I think, I, I think you know I, what won't baton your children.
4: Oh yeah, unless
2: you need them batoned. You know what will Wait, only Robert, baton you're your the children? Host. If Jesus Garrison, says it's Garrison, okay. Garrison, right, you're the right. host.
5: You get to do Wh- an what ad. Plug. Will not uh, get your children hit by a girdle, giving them a thrashing in one single blow. Any 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 guesses? Uh,
4: ooh 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 Robert Sophie,
5: what is it? Robert, Robert no.
4: Is, I it, won't is it do the that. products I don't have a girdle. and services that support this products podcast? and
2: services? It right. is indeed products. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play.
0: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper.
4: It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us
0: thought they were going to kill me so i kept my mouth shut and i didn't say anything all these years i didn't say anything. listen to cold blooded the apollo gym murders on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: Culture, and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Um,
2: that was a great ad pivot, Garrison. Really good for a first try. I tend to advise more death threats uh, against billionaire social media. Which will then um, get edited out. In CEOs. The final cut. Hmm?
5: Which will then get edited out. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. key
2: to the process. Is all of the vi- <laughs> all of the incitements to violence that we have to have Chris edit from the podcast, which is like thirty percent of the runtime generally. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, why after- these take so long to record. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, um, in nineteen seventy seven
2: is when Dobson really started
5: the thing that kind of makes him famous, or oh, well, that'll eventually make him. You know, that eventually be what he's known for. Um, he started his own weekly radio show. Uh, initially, got picked up by forty stations. Um. The Washington Post article reads: uh, By 1978, oh wait, sorry, yeah, this is this is this is separate. So he he had his radio show. What he was also doing at the time was filming seminars and selling them. And then also he, uh, churches would like invite him to teach seminars like across the country. Um, and then here, here's a Washington Post article. By 1978, Dobson's seminars on the family, like on family issues, were making so much money, drawing up to uh, 3,000 people per weekend at $12 a ticket that he finally quit his job at University of Southern California and formed his own nonprofit company, Focus on the Family, uh, which was then he what he retitled his radio show as well. Uh, so he's making so much money from these, like, seminars he would do every once in a while. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's unclear how often he did these. Like, it's not, you can't really find that kind of information, because this is, like, in the 60s or 70s. Um, but it's enough that he was able
2: to quit his People job. People like hearing this guy talk and, about kid yeah. beating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, what women want.
5: Yes, about <laughs> what wives wish their husbands knew about women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but despite mm. Dobson formally making this a nonprofit company, what he was really starting was a Christian media empire. Um, as the name suggests, Focus on the Family was primarily about Christian family life and how to properly raise your kids. A short quote from the Post says, uh, "Dobson's adult journey into family psychology and family politics is one man's attempt to re- uh, retrieve the era that he grew up in," which is is is, is really fair. All of his kind of. Stuff is about going back to this era in yeah. like the 30s and 40s about what family life was like back then.
2: Yeah, um, it's the essence of conservatism yes. looking back at a past that's half remembered and half imagined. Sure. Yeah,
5: that's yeah, that's that is very that's very accurate. Um, the sentiment is shared by Joyce Johnson of the Child Welfare League, saying of Dobson, um, about about how Dobson clings to his philosophy from quote twenty to thirty years ago that said children were property of their parents. Which, I again, mean, yeah,
2: kind of kind of fair. Yeah, they're like cats or dogs, (laughs) um, but they yell more creatively when you hit them. Good. Yeah. Dobson would say. But yeah, but like
5: even in the even in the 80s, people were people thought his philosophy was like 30 years old. Yeah. Why are you because hitting cats and dogs?
0: It was. It's because we're, well,
5: we're I mean, no, 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 no. they're property. The, the, so yeah, you, it's, you the, can hit your property.
2: According to Dobson, you can just hit Anderson? your property. Would you get angry at somebody who, like, I don't know, pounded on their desk because they were frustrated? No. Then it's okay for people to hit kids because kids are like a desk. But they're the, not you're, um, like
4: a dog. <laughs>
2: A dog is like a desk, it's property. It's oh, all Anderson property. Is we have... not
4: property. Oh my
2: god. I'm just I'm just Spe- saying this speaking is Speaking of child abuse. <laughs> speaking next, of
4: canceled. <laughs>
5: the, the next paragraph is going to be a good one. Oh good. jeez. Oh, um, so uh, yeah. Here's a here's what the post says about some controversy that uh, that like of course is going to develop eventually along Dobson's parenting advice. Quote, but it is Dobson's view on childhood punishment that got him into the most hot water. Several years ago, this this is in 1990, um, several years ago, for example, a Massachusetts couple was charged with child abuse because they beat their children. And, and they say it's because their pastor said it was all right based on Dobson's writings. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna bet that's the only time that happens. <laughs> now, Dobson said his books have never advocated beating children, but again, his first book was called Dare to Discipline and right. it was about physically punishing your children. Yeah, I think he might argue
2: that it's not beating them <laughs> yes. as long as you're angry. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but yeah, so like this 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 was an ongoing problem back in the twentieth century mm-hmm. for most of the twentieth and, and still now. Seems like it's still an ongoing and, and, problem. It is still an ongoing yeah. problem.
2: Um yeah, a lot of a seems lo- like it might have something to do with all those guys who keep uh, assaulting people based on their political opinions. Um, mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, a yeah. lot of a, a lot of beating.
2: Yeah, is still is still to come. Cool. Yeah.
5: <sighs> um, mainstream family psychologists say that while setting limits to help build secure parent-child relationships are good, there are better methods than the back of the hand or a strap. Such as giving, uh, you know, stuff that was recommended back in the 90s was giving, you know, people timeouts. That was kind of a new concept in the 90s. Sure. Um, And the article writes, spanking can, quote, stimulate rebelliousness rather than respect and wisdom for the parents. Which, which, you know, a psychologist trying to say, Dobson, you're not going to do good. No, like, yeah,
2: you, like, your kids are not going to respect you if they're always thinking about whether or not they're far enough away that you can't. Yeah, get them.
5: like part of the cult I was in, I was spanked by people that aren't even my parents, and I have grown up with heavy respect for authority. Yeah, which is why I'm now a journalist. That's in Portland, what everyone Oregon, says about you. Covering the uprising, you respect authority. I love the feds. Yeah, <laughs> I love all authority. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think his really philosophy even that work. It doesn't he it doesn't even work that much? Um, even though these psychologists. Criticized a lot of a lot of um, Dobson's work because they thought it was you know bad. Um, they were quick to admit that he is better known, like as a psychologist, and probably a lot richer than they'll ever be. Um, I I doubt there's any American psychologist selling more books than Dobson. Uh, I, this is a quote from a, from a psychologist. I doubt, I doubt there's any other psychologist selling more books to the American public right now uh, than any other psychologist. This was a, a psychologist named Paul Klemt, who who's who's also a, a professor of of psychology. Um. So, yeah, he was, you know, he was really the man for psychology in the 80s and 90s and in and the and the, and the late 70s. Dobson was just really starting to kick off. Um, But eventually, Dobson wanted to be more than someone who gives bad parenting advice. At the start of Focus on the Family, it was relatively nonpartisan, still very like conservative. But it wasn't it wasn't really about partisan politics. He wasn't like he wasn't advocating for candidates or like endorsing parties. Um, in fact, when he when he filed nonprofit status, he answered no to the question if focus on the family would engage in activities intending to influence legislation. Now, this very quickly turned out to be not true. Um, oh. <laughs> by, by nineteen. so again, he started his radio show in seventy seven. He got his uh, nonprofit status in seventy eight. by late seventy nine, Dobson started to get more formally involved with politics. President uh, Carter was forming what, what becomes known as the White House Conferences on the Family, and Dobson wanted in. Focus on the Family's vice president and co-founder, named Gil Alexander Mogurell, uh, described Dobson's entry into politics like this. Quote, Jim got tired of telling people what to do when a six-year-old left to
2: bed. Unquote. Yeah, so you might as well start making policy on like nukes and shit. So he may as yeah. well
5: start making a lot of a lot and of this is, this
2: is a really interesting time in the history of like American evangelism because that period of time, like right as so Carter came, got elected off the strength of the evangelical Christian vote. Mm-hmm. And he was the last Democrat that that was ever yes. true of because Reagan was elected immediately afterwards yes. based on a lot of friends of Mr. Dobson's. Including uh, Dobson. Including Dobson. We're going to find out about this yeah, in a sec. Uniting them all, you know, mainly to deal with abortion and gay rights yes. and women doing stuff that yep. isn't getting hit by their husbands um yeah 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 this is that whole very cool period of time in politics yeah it's yeah.
5: it's not great um the way dobson describes his move into politics um and the way he marketed the change in topic to his audience because again he, he has to switch his audience to being used to him talking about like family issues to talking about political stuff now the way he the way he like gets past this is talking about how like schools and governments are taking authority of, of parenting away from the parents like the schools and governments are becoming too influential in deciding what kids are and aren't allowed to do essentially Mm -hmm. um dobson says this in an interview until 15 years ago a girl couldn't pierce her ears without getting her parents permission now a parent can send a 13 year old to school the school can transplant that child to have an abortion and the parent won't even know about it she may come home and begin to bleed and the parents won't know why Parenting. Uh, the parents have been eliminated from the entire process. How did that happen? It was discussed somewhere, even debated, but Christians didn't participate. Which I don't think tr- true in the nope. 70s or nope. 80s, Yeah. nor even think... now. Can nope. a 13-year-old c- get sent to a hospital to have an abortion by a school and the parents not know? Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think that's ever <laughs> happened ever. I I, I don't know. Uh, I, At I, least not in the 70s. Yeah, I think we would, yeah, I, I don't think that's that's a thing, but i don't know maybe 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 i'm wrong on this we could be but
5: i i think not in the 70s
2: no because it's a minor and it's a major medical procedure you
5: usually don't get um like rights over your body medically until you don't have
2: any right to privacy as a 13 year old because you're property like a desk
5: (laughs) Uh, that's what dobson would say yeah um Dobson's uh you know co-founder of folks in the family who later you know came out kind of against Dobson cuz he was scared of what he was doing um Gill Alexander uh, Mogrell wrote a whole book about Dobson called James Dobson's War on
2: America. Awesome. Um, now this good is title. I hope somebody writes a book like that about me one day.
5: Rob Robert Evans War on America? Well, it's a good on title. the
2: FDA maybe. It's, it's, it's a good title. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> noted. <laughs>
5: <laughs> here's a quote from the very good book James Dobson's War in America um, two years after we started Focus on the Family Jim got his first taste of the surreal sense of power and control that working in Washington offers the flavor is sweet to to this only child and ever since Focus on the Family's com- component about political activism has been a central feature in the life and work of James Dobson and one that he personally relishes more than any other aspect of it and th- this absolutely is true great he he as soon as he got some political influence he mm. got like addicted to this. Yeah, it's Very almost quickly. like
2: power is is a literal drug that that ruins people. And if you were already kind of shitty beforehand it makes you into something um more frightening than any any anything Lovecraft ever dreamed up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> How did we end up at Lovecraft?
2: I don't know. Cosmic horror I think about James Dobson I think about cosmic horror. I think about the, yeah. in, the death of stars. Yeah, and the death of many teenagers. Yeah, a lot of teenagers. Um, which we'll we'll find out about. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: The, the first taste of worming his way, like the first taste of power, was him worming his way onto the Carter Family Advisory Council, uh, like the, the thing that President Carter established. Yeah. Um, by now, Focus on the Family's radio program was expanded to a daily 15-minute program instead of a weekly one. Um, it was on hundreds of stations now, um, a, a year later, in 1981, uh, the program got turned into a 30-minute show. It became racking up thousands of stations uh, around then. Um, what, now, the way Dobson got on this council is that uh, one day on air, he persuaded his listeners that he needed to be on this, this this whole like family conference thing, telling them that such conferences are usually dominated by, quote, «Eastern establishment
2: liberal secular humanists». Ooh. Um <laughs> oh, he's got all the buzzwords in there.
5: Yeah. So Dobson yep. was fear was trying to scare his audience um, and saying that maybe if um maybe that he can maybe Dobson can get invited on if his listeners write in to the conference director urging to invite Dr. Dobson. Um and wrote and wrote in they did. Eighty eighty thousand people either called in or wrote in to the White House um, requesting Dobson join the committee slash conference. Uh, an invitation to join was sent out to this relatively unknown Christian radio psychologist
2: from L.A. Um,
4: oh. Yeah. Also,
2: take notes, listeners, because I would like to be on a commission. <laughs> You're I don't really care what 80,000 people call in? Yeah, just w- whatever commission. Whatever commission. It, does, it doesn't matter.
5: Whatever commission Robert wants, we're going to get him
2: on. Yeah. There everyone get your phones ready random, to dial. pick a random something like something to do with like 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 potatoes or some shit something something po- in the ad Idaho B- potato conference would be good yeah i could i know a lot about potatoes potatoes yeah.
5: like the ones that potatoes. were rotting in your
2: house a few weeks ago i did i did have some potatoes anyway, that were left yeah. in my cabinet yeah. for far too long yeah mm. yeah
4: anyway yeah. <laughs> got really potatoy.
5: After this invitation was sent out, um, the Post article writes, that's when he realized the power of his electronic forum, um, the power he's not hesitated to use on other issues, including the Civil Rights Restoration Act. And now here, this is...
4: I'm scared. <laughs> Dobson,
5: got, Dobson got hundreds of thousands of people to call in and oppose the Civil Rights Restoration Act of 1984. Um the bill then failed to pass on the on the first few votes that they tried to do. It only passed four years later in 1988 after quote abortion neutral language was added. <laughs> so you know, utilizing your public power to quash the Civil Rights Restoration Act. Yeah, as one
2: does. As one does. Yeah. Great. Um, Loving after, this story. Wait, so
5: here, here's the good part. After the bill was passed with, you know, the, uh, with the abortion neutral language, Reagan then vetoed the bill. (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) I love politics.
4: Sensational.
5: The Senate then had to override his veto. Um, it's unclear how much influence Dobson had on this whole, like, vetoing process with Reagan and stuff. But as we'll soon see, um, Dobson and Reagan became very close friends. Um... And Dobson did not hesitate to use his power to mobilize hundreds of thousands of people to call the government
2: to complain about civil rights. I just happened to agree with him about hitting little kids. (laughs) That was my Reagan.
5: There's some really good pictures of Dobson and Reagan together. Mm -hmm. Just just sitting together pretending the AIDS crisis isn't isn't happening as they both were wont to do. No, Dobson was happy about the AIDS crisis.
2: Yeah. Dobson uh, hated gay people so much. I'll bet that was the best thing that ever happened yeah, to him.
5: That's why he wasn't talking about gay people in the 80s, because he was happy where things were going. Mm-hmm. He only started talking with them in the 90s and 2000s when they started to get a little bit better.
2: Yeah, when, when they weren't all dying <sighs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was hard for him. Sh- shortly after um, Ronald Reagan's election, uh, he
5: put Dobson on the National Advisory Commission to the Officer of the Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention Program, which is way too long of a title. Yep, that's way too long of a title for anything. But Dobson got put on this because Reagan liked him. Um, Dobson also served as co-chairman on the Citizens Advisory Panel for Tax Reform in consultation with Reagan. I I don't know what Dobson's qualifications were for tax reform because that's not really part of any of his nope, education. Doesn't seem like he has any meaningful experience and like, there. He was running a nonprofit. Tax exempt business that was just a media empire at this point. So I really don't think he should be the one on this tax See, advisory. This has
2: just convinced me that I do have what it takes to run the American <laughs> Coast Guard. I I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start putting out feelers to the Biden cut. Put me in charge of the Coast Guard, listeners. Everyone, let's email the Biden team. Yeah, and let's get Robert in charge. I of the don't Coast know Guard. what I'll do, and neither will the Coast Guard. <laughs> That'll keep them on their toes. Uh, Dobson also served as a member. <laughs> Dobson also Dobson also served
5: as a. Speaking of the Coast Guard, um, Dobson served as a member and the and a, the chairman of the United States Army's Family Initiative, uh, which was like about Army families and stuff and you know you know stuff. Um, he was appointed um, to Attorney General Edwin Meese's Commission on Pornography in the mid eighties, mm-hmm. and he got put on a teen pregnancy prevention panel, which I think is. Not a good call as someone who hates abortion, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um it Seems like he might not have
2: a lot of helpful things to share there.
5: Yeah, and he also got put on um Attorney General's advisory board on
2: missing and exploited children. Mm. Um, he was up to so much stuff. Seems during- like he actually might know why some kids are missing.
5: <laughs> he is. He's is responsible for a lot of missing children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, his kind of work is the reason why a lot of kids ran away. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: especially in the 90s and 2000s. Good decision um, for those kids to make.
5: Yeah. So, despite him being up to a lot of stuff during the Reagan years, uh, Dobson wanted more, and he wanted more direct lobbying power. Um, this next bit is taken from the Washington Post article. Again, uh, the nineteen in, in nineteen eighty eight, Dobson convinced that Dobson was convinced that the conservative cause needed more help than he alone could give. He persuaded the Focus on the Family Board to buy the Family Research Council. Since that purchase, the Family Research Council has become one of the largest evangelical Christian lobbying organizations in Washington. Um, and this is slightly inaccurate. It was uh, the biggest yeah. Christian lobbying group ever in the history of this country. Awesome. Um former the the former vice president and uh, and co-founder who since since like came out against Dobson now says of Dobson he is a tremendous threat to the separation of church and state. Um James Dobson lobbies Washington more powerfully
2: than any individual or organization within the religious right. Um, I mean, I'm glad he figured it out after a while, but it would have been nice if he hadn't helped him. If you he didn't
5: help him start the business,
2: start the thing that is essentially yeah. a giant weapon aimed he, at shooting all of our freedom in the dick. He should have, or whatever. He should have realized that. Yeah. Um, do you know who
5: won't shoot your freedom in the dick, Robert, or oh whatever?
2: My oh my god! Or or I'm whatever. To be
5: inclusive here. Uh, the fine products and services that support your very show. Thank
2: you, Garrison. Yeah, products.
1: Culture, and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: And hello, we are back. Uh, this is Garrison talking about focus on
2: the family here, and this is Robert listening and planning a violent counter coup. Yes, and uh, uh, we'll 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 figure things out after the recording session. Why does it have to be violent? Oh, just because of the mercenaries I hired
4: Oh, sorry that Garrison
2: sh- I
5: should have been more prepared I should have brought more than one You should have brought mercenaries
2: It's a coup Yeah, I should have planned this a little bit you better You want to get yourself some former Navy SEALs Who have just been doing <laughs> nothing but mainlining cocaine Ever since they got and out of the service And building
5: pipe bombs And, and building pipe bombs
2: Those are the best guys to help you do a coup They never, <sighs> oh. for example, wind up arrested on the streets of Venezuela Soaking in their own urine <laughs> Uh, good times
5: better times than this (laughs) uh because in the mid better times than the mid 90s in america because in the mid 90s dobson was receiving 125 million dollars in lobbying power jesus uh, between focus and uh family family research council in in the 90s um the family uh, the frc it's kind of referred to um, or is, they they continue to be an active Christian lobbying group today. It's not as influential now, but it still is active. Yep. Um, it also is affiliated with a with a conservative PAC called Family Research Council Action. Um, in 2010, the Southern Power. we were skipping ahead a little bit, but we'll we'll go back in time later. Um, 2010, the Southern Poverty Law Center declared the group as an anti-gay hate group. Um. Yep. Seems like that's fair. This is the family re, Family Research Council lobbying yeah. group here. Focus on the family never got de- declared an anti-gay hate group because. It was they were too religious about it. That Southern private law center didn't feel comfortable calling it that. I feel very comfortable calling it an anti-gay hate group because they ran a conversion therapy program. We're going to talk more about what Focus in the Family was doing for anti-gay stuff in 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 part two, because uh, they didn't really get really active that until the 90s. Um, but the Post article sums up quite well what made Dobson's entry into politics unique at the time. And it kind of ushered in a whole new type of political Christian conservative ac- activism. Um, Dobson says he has no intention of ever running for office, a pledge even his critics believe. But he also uh, he also says focus in the family should not endorse candidates. Although letters to the GOP and, and Democratic presidential nominees in 1988, copied and sent out to constituents, um, leaves little room for doubt that he believed Bush to be the better candidate. But what made it more unique is how Dobson entered into politics quietly without the press conferences and pomp that surrounded predecessors like Reverend Jerry Falwell. Uh, this represents a maturing of a certain segment of evangelicalism within mainstream politics, particularly in the Repu- in the Republican Party. Uh, according to a Brookings Institution fellow, um, an expert on religious life, gone are the days of TV preachers and bombast. What lay in their place are laymen like Dobson who are emerging and taking more of a and talking more about with a palatable language that's less about religion and more about civil rights. So, like trying to like you know their their right to run their right to raise their kids their way. And their rights for you know unborn babies. That's the kind of it's like it's the real change from reli- from like religious conservative activism to being like you know, to be mainly about religion to being more about civil rights. Was was Dobson kind was the first one to do that, which is now we see a lot of that the, nowadays in the Senate yeah. in Congress, in the White House. Um, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this um. Uh, A 1995 ABC primetime profile on Dobson opens up up like this. He was one of the most powerful men in the country, and yet few people even know his name. On Capitol Hill, he's treated like some big, powerful lobbyist. Because he was. And... Yeah. Uh but uh, and you've probably never you never you probably never heard of him, but James Dobson's one of the most influential leaders in the entire religious right. Uh Dobson's vision to transform America is known to every member of the House and Senate, and he's been delivering his messages to the White House in person for years. So thanks ABC for really cra- cracking the case on that one in the 90s. Yep. You're- uh, Dobson's often described as like a stealth campaigner or a stealth lobbyist for his ability to remain kind of under the radar, despite his massive influence. Because yeah, if if you even if you're kind of into politics, there's a good chance that now you've never even heard of Focus on the Family or Family Research Council or Dobson, because he was very good at staying under the radar despite his massive power.
2: Yeah, they're just one of those groups that you like you you see them referenced constantly. You see their logo on things, but it's usually just with a bunch of other fucking. Yeah, you know, different like non-governmental organizations. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't it's not the kind of yeah. No, that's that's really how you exercise terrifying power. That's good. Yeah, because it's more dangerous because
5: we because we knew so little about it yeah. at the time.
2: While everybody's yeah. angry about, I don't know. There was other stuff happening. There was other stuff happening. Um, A couple of wars, I think. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um. Well, uh, as Dobson's political aspirations were growing, so was focus on the family's so-called nonprofit publishing empire. Um, citing the book Stations of the Cross. Christianity Today, which is the biggest evangelical slash Christian magazine, um, dubbed Focus on the Family's president and founder, James Dobson, the undisputed king of Christian radio. In 1995, Focus on the Family was the third most listened to radio show in the entire country after the Rush Limbaugh and Paul Harvey programs. An estimated 20.6 million people listened to his evangelical radio program at least once a week. So that so many. People, in the in the nineties, he was the third. He had the third most popular radio show in the entire in the entire
2: country. Well,
4: that's terrible. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: I'm not. I'm not uh, happy with
2: the way this is going. Really thinking electricity might have been a mistake. And it's good
5: that Rush Limbaugh is the most. And then it. And yep. then it's Paul Harvey. And then it's James yep. Dobson. Although, actually, um, according to other sources, James Dobson beat out uh, beats out Paul Harvey. Um, in some years, it, it's they're, they're kind of neck and neck, um, but Rush Limbaugh is the first one, and then, yes, then yes, you have yes. then you have James Dobson. So. Rush
2: Limbaugh is the first one. The good old uh, the good old
5: one two combo, of Rush yeah, Limbaugh yeah. and
2: James Dobson. Yeah, was say, Dobson what a, what wasn't what a, a big part of my childhood, but Limbaugh was, um, and I that's why I, yeah, I learned fun lessons from my mom, like why it's okay to carpet bomb the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, and I had I had the opposite. I didn't have Rush Limbaugh, but I had James Dobson. Oh well, yeah. So, yeah. That explains the differences between That's us. That's the only
5: differences mm-hmm. we have is that, that one event has.
2: And the Canada thing. You like, you, you call hats the wrong word. Toque. What do you call
4: yeah. hats?
2: Took. It's, it, it's a Canadian. It's a, it's a little toque. Degenerate it's a toque. term. Yeah. I
5: know. Cancel me on Twitter, Sophie. Do it. Write a post.
4: I mean, right. I do, <laughs> listeners can't see it, but my face went, oh.
2: Yeah, it went <laughs> like, oh, what's I that? I know. Sophie's I expressed know. the proper reaction to Canadian verbiage. Yes. <laughs> Um, by by 1990,
5: they had seven separate magazines in print. Uh, Focus on the family here
2: for Great. this. For this I'm non- sure, they had good content for all of <laughs> this them. Non- for this nonprofit magazine had
5: seven seven of them, which they sold again non profitly. Um, Focus on the family successfully had books being published themselves at this point. Uh, many seminars and sermons were taped and then sold nationally and internationally. They um, they got a deal with the U.S. Army. Oh, that's the, good. The U.S. Army like
2: bought tons that's of their tapes and yeah. sent them out. To like teach army parents how yeah. to hit their kids. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you're in the army, you know how to hit, but you might not know you don't it's know okay how to, to hit your, hit your, your own kid. children. You don't just have to hit Iraqis; you can hit your kids. It'll yeah. help you get better at hitting Iraqis.
5: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good pra- practice. Makes perfect. Yeah. If you get good at doing it to your children without remorse, you can hit any other child yeah. in Iraq. Yep.
2: If you can harm your own children without a thought, then you can really commit violence on behalf of the state. Yeah. Yay. Yeah.
5: Um, Focus on the family made a 13 episode live-action, like, half-live-action, half-animated TV show called McGee and Me. Um, they started a whole film department, most popular for their Last Chance Detectives series in the mid-'90s, which cost about, like, $1 million per film to make.
4: And it's um, all just propaganda, right?
5: Here, Here's the th-
2: not-all-of-it, which is why it's actually
5: really interesting and dangerous. It's
2: why you hear about hmm. Focus on the Family, like, you'll see their name at the end of a bunch of different, like, public TV shows and yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, right,
4: right.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, like, the thing about um, all of their entertainment media is that more often than not, it's frustratingly competent. Because um, again, they had hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal. Um, a, a review of McGee and Me, which I've watched all of as a kid. I watched. I watched all these. All these things. Slash hands Detectives is what kind of helped me get on my detective path, which I'm now using
2: you the, are you are a detective other, other side. yeah um <laughs> but
5: but yeah uh, those
2: of you who don't know you uh, are a Garrison detective tracked okay, down Dad. the identity of uh kyle rittenhouse the kenosha shooter like six hours before the police figured out who it was there's a forbes article about it
5: yeah yeah um thanks focusing in the family mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh, a, a review of McGee and Me from Chicago uh, from the Chicago Ch- uh, Tribune uh, says that the show is exceptional, uh, saying it has uh, the product- production quality is top notch. The show offers an entertaining mixture of live action, animation, as well as well written stories with positive moral messages. And although the stories are definitely based on principles from the Bible, the series isn't excessively preachy or pushy, which is why it can get on the air. And apparently the animation from the show was done by the award-winning team from Fraggle Rock, My Little Pony, and Muppet Babies. Oh,
2: Fraggle Rock.
5: Yeah, no. I know. I'm my sorry, little Robert. Pony. No.
2: I, I know. Uh, I'm sorry,
5: Robert. The Fraggle Rock uh, people got drawn into this. And Muppet Babies. That's the one that hits I me. I didn't want to hear the Why Fraggle Rock dudes helped
2: make my Dominionist pony. Christian propaganda. Let us, let us
5: talk about Muppet Babies and Fraggle Rock, Sophie. Come on.
4: My Little Step Pony. Step back. Oh.
5: <laughs> Unacceptable. I'm not happy with any of this. Um, but by far the most successful and popular media program that Folks of the Family has ever made and run is an audio drama series called Adventures in Odyssey. Now we're going to go on a bit of an aside here because again, this is this is radio. This is we're we're on radio. Um, uh, what I,
2: is radio, Garrison?
5: It's sounds with your voices. Sounds like, with your voices. What a concept. Forms and wavelengths and
2: yeah. yeah I'm not sure it's going to catch on, but continue. Um, I listened to shitloads as the of the show as
5: a kid. Um, it's been running nonstop since 1987, um, and by 1995, it was the second most listened to Christian radio program. Can you guess what? It was only beaten out by the other Focus in the Family program, yeah, the main one. Yeah, line.
2: great. That's, <laughs> okay.
5: Um, so the premise of the show is that you're in this small Midwestern town, and the main mm-hmm. character is this old Christian man named Mr. Whitaker, who is an ex-secret agent, and a genius inventor who runs a, like, an ice cream shop slash learning center
2: called Witsend. Here's a picture, Robert, See, of It sounds like Mr. you're Whitaker. describing the kind of dreams that you get after, I don't know, like, taking a shitload of acid and oh, then being tear gassed.
5: This show is so weird. Yeah. So here's Mr. Whitaker. He, can you describe how that looks to the audience?
2: Um... It looks like Wilfred Brimley. Oh, yeah, he looks like Wilfred Brimley. Oh, okay, yeah. Um,
5: so even though I said the main character is this old ex-agent man who's an inventor and runs an ice cream shop, um, their perspective characters are these like different families that cycle out of the show every ten years or so. Um, they deal with like family issues and small town political issues, and this old guy is like a mentor figure to this whole town. Um, I'm gonna show you. I'm sure Robert. I'm gonna show Robert a picture of, of one of these families.
4: I don't like his um, outfit.
5: You don't like his outfit? Uh-uh. No. Okay. Well I'm gonna show Robert a picture of one of these families and note, these are the only black characters they've ever had in the entire show. Wow. Um, oh great. When when they were the so so they this, got over the course of the thirty years, for for five years out of the thirty years, their main family was the black family. Uh but besides that, they've had no
2: black characters. Here That's is, actually better here than I- he- Oh, no. It's really Oh, sp- no. <laughs> oh, no. So they just drew O.J. Simpson on yeah. the left, right? They just drew O.J. Simpson <laughs> for the dad. Okay. <laughs> it's really bad. That's... <laughs> oh, oh so boy. so bad. <laughs> and they all have, oh, like, boy. really
4: accentuated teeth, and their, giant, eyes, look giant like really teeth. Big their eyes white like they've seen a <laughs> yeah. murder.
5: Giant foreheads, tiny eyeballs. It's really bad. That is OJ Simpson
4: though, correct? That
2: is absolutely OJ Simpson. That (laughs) is James Orenthal Simpson, the most innocent man in history on the juice, right? Yeah. Yeah, the juice was loose for five years on Christian television.
5: Now this episode that I listened to as like the episode that this that this artwork is from gave me nightmares as a child. By the way, before I saw the artwork was because of some. It was like it was their closest to get, ever getting to like a horror episode.
2: I see that they're in an old West town. They're
5: they're on they're in an old wait, West wait, town. Wait, wait, why
4: is the kid holding? I just realized the <laughs> he's kid's holding. An holding. Axe. Why is he? Yeah. An... He does
5: <laughs> have, have old,
2: an axe.
4: He's holding <laughs> <like> a pickaxe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's because they were like
5: they were like. I forget, but I know this episode. Ga- I know this episode. This specific episode gave me nightmares because they went to this old Western town. And I had to like dig up a treasure or something.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there were ghosts. Listeners, I'll post
4: no, these no, photos, no, photos on ghosts, social. Ghosts,
5: ghosts, ghosts aren't allowed because of Christian stuff. Oh right, because that
2: would imply an afterlife yeah, outside I've, of the. Okay. I've told
5: you this before, but the, one of the most popular episodes is called Castles and Cauldrons, and. They, you, had a huh? episode, they had a D&D episode, they? they? had an episode about how D&D is bad and satanic. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good.
2: This seems like a fun show that you watched as a kid, Gary. So much of this. Yeah. yeah.
5: So, like, it was a radio show. They also made a television show based off of it. Okay. Um, animated. Um, so, the original gimmick of the show is that Mr. Whitaker, the inventor, ex-agent guy, made this invention called the Imagination Station, which is like a mix of the Hollow Deck and a time machine. Kind of unclear. Um, now, the purpose this serves in the show is a way to travel to the "Quote unquote" past to teach the audience um, and audience surrogates uh, "quote unquote" history, uh, an incredibly oh, good. In, an incredibly whitewashed, pro colonial Christian revisionist history. I mean, that's um, all
2: terrible. But I'm already coming up with an alternate canon in my head in which Mister Whitaker is a former CIA agent, and all he's doing is dosing these kids. He's with an acid. agent from the NSA. Yeah, now uh, I've got my own head yeah. He's all giving right. him LSD. This is all he, he's continuing MK Ultra on his own. In one American make way, small town. that would
5: make way more sense. Um, yeah. yeah, but like again, the frustrating thing is that the show is very well produced. Um, often hiring LA voice actors, like it has people from the Animaniacs who are still on the show now, which I don't know how yeah because people need paychecks the the, the the main character from steven universe like the, the guy who the guy who voices steven used to when he was a very small child voiced a character on this show before he broke out into animation um for steven universe and stuff you know a, a very gay show yeah um yes and focus in the family is a very not gay friendly company i mean if he was um, a kid yeah he, that, he, that he was a very sense. young child but and yeah. now he's now he's an adult um yeah we all need paychecks yeah um we yeah, don't have again, good f-
4: health insurance in this country, Garrison. I don't know if they taught you that in Canada. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, I, I know. I live here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great call, by the way. I know.
4: Hmm.
5: Anyway, yeah. There was sp- spin-off movies, tons of books. Um, for some reason, Mister Whitaker's son is also a secret agent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. But the go- the the goal. <laughs> oh, you see. Wait, Sophie, stop. Sophie, stop. So, to the
2: commenta- yeah, wait, right.
5: guys! All right. So the goal of the showrunner was to make him like an anti-James Bond or like a Christian version of James Bond. Now, Robert, picture that man in your head. What people in the '90s, Christian people in the '90s, thought the Christian version of James Bond would look like? Picture that man in your head.
2: Okay. Do you have him? Yeah. All right. Now we we'll scroll down. Here he is.
5: <laughs> Which,
2: wait. All he's all of them. All these. All three. Indiana Jones clearly in one of those so,
4: pictures. So there's three pictures yeah. here.
2: One of them in like a very tight shirt.
4: The first like, one he has, he's in In Sync.
2: Yeah, yeah. He look. He does look like a member of In Sync in the first one. He
4: has, not Backstreet like, Boys. In Sync. Just for the he record, has, like, he has like he has like a goatee. He has like a little like soul
5: patch and goatee. It's not attractive. It's not good. His he has giant feet.
4: Yeah, um, feet are abnormal uh, and elf like at the toe. And then in one of these pictures,
5: they've done a terrible thing and put him in an Indiana Jones outfit, which I am offended by. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, It's very upsetting.
4: Who was he in the Um, middle?
2: Because Indiana Jones, very famously, was not a Christian because he knew for certain about the existence of other deities and (laughs) magical powers and stuff. Wait, is these all
4: three the same character? These look like a different...
5: This is the same guy. Mm -hmm. This is the same guy.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess... I guess... (laughs) Indiana Jones's religious status is unknown, but he both engages with like mystical powers on behalf of uh, Hinduism, Judaism, and Christianity. So you have to assume he's got some nuanced understanding of the man. Yeah, I just don't like that. Yeah, that this person they tried to make a cool
5: Christian version of James Bond who looks terrible.
2: Yeah, um, the first, you know, the Na- first guy's Indiana definitely
4: Jones
2: the most bablicious of the three. Yeah, I'm, I really. He looks like Lance Bass.
4: No, he doesn't. He looks like the Mm -hmm. J.C., uh, oh, no, I'm so sorry, 90s.
2: We'll have to agree to disagree. All right. He looks like J.C. um, from. I don't know who that is. He's
4: the, the, he definitely knows the bye-bye-bye dance. That's all I'll say. Back to Dobson,
5: back to Dobson specifically, um, one of his more weird griffs was doing Ted Bundy's final interview. (laughs) How yes. did that happen? Y- you're going to find out. Okay. Um, <laughs> Please tell on the, us. Day- on the day before Bundy was executed in 1989, Bundy received hundreds of interview requests from media outlets. He denied all of these and specifically requested to be interviewed by James Dobson. Um, okay. The all entire right. interview <laughs> was about how it was actually pornography that caused Bundy to murder and rape all of those people. What a weird <laughs> last flex. Which, 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 which was... Which Bundy specifically argued against in court? He said it wasn't pornography. And then, as a final troll, he got Dobson in to like record this
2: whole interview about how it was actually porn that made him murder and rape all his people. So what a piece of shit! So not only does he kill all those people, I'm so but confused. like the last thing he gets a choice over, he uses that choice to fuck up porn for everybody. Else. Yes. So it's it's clear that Dobson. Dobson uh, it's clear that changing Bundy- my mind about this Ted Bundy character.
5: <laughs> oh, this has really pushed you over the edge. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm no wow. longer I'm no longer neutral on no, on, Bundy on, Bundy on neutral? the Bundy issue.
5: Well, that's it's a good development. I'm kind of <laughs> concerned for your previous Bundy uh, views, but well, okay. Like I have
2: one tattoo of the guy. That doesn't mean that yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, tattoo. Yeah, It's, it's right like Roger Stone's Nixon tattoo. Yes.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so it's clear that Bundy was essentially trolling Dobson and the entire world here. Um, but Dobson found a way to capitalize on this exclusive. Um, the tapes were technically free to use but with the stipulation that the interview be aired in its entirety without editing or interruption which is over like an hour long so it gave dobson a lot of time to talk jesus which of course news news media is not going to do that yeah um so it's technically free to use because again he runs a non-profit company um but he would he would sell if if you cut down the interview at all he he would charge you for the tapes uh this it proved to be extremely profitable for dobson um he so either gets,
2: he <laughs> fucking <green. laughs> yeah he Okay.
5: (laughs) Capitalized on Ted Bundy. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, So he either gets a straight hour of media exposure on national news programs or he gets money. Within a year, Dobson raked in over a million dollars in profit from the tapes. Um, Awesome. He he initially pocketed all of the money for himself. Oh, yeah,
2: good. Why would you give it to
5: the families of his victims? (laughs) Um, But amid public outcry, he donated $600,000 to it. A six six hundred thousand dollars of it to anti-porn groups and anti-abortion
2: groups. You know you're a good person <laughs> and, when your backstory repeatedly includes the line amid public outcry. Um so that he he kept
5: um he kept so like he kept four hundred thousand dollars for himself and but but part of this six hundred thousand dollars donated to anti porn and anti abortion groups, um focus on the family is included in as those grifts. <laughs> <laughs> so he just gave the money to himself. He kept what a four, piece of shit. That's he kept, beautiful. He kept $400,000 in his own bank account yeah. and then gave the rest to the business he owns. Oh, uh, that's...
2: Um, yeah. I gotta hand it to him. That's a good grift. That's a good grift. That's a good grift. Not, not many people would look at a man who repeatedly raped and molested the corpses of his victims and go, I bet I can make a million dollars off this guy.
5: So every media empire needs its own castle. Focus on the Family is no exception. Uh, in 1990, Focus on the Family claims they accepted a $4 million grant from the Colorado-based El Pamor Foundation. Uh, the foundation's website says they accept applications from 501c3 organizations um, to serve Colorado in the areas of arts and culture and community and health and blah, 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 whatever. So at the time, Focus on the Family was based out of California, so they applied for this grant. Um... And then they got this money so that they had – then they had to move to Colorado to get the grant accepted. So $4 million. Um, They they transferred 350 employees from California to Colorado and hired 400 more in-state. A 46 acre lot was purchased um, to build their uh, grand headquarters in, Colo- in Colorado Springs. They have their entire they have their own entire zip code for their for for their headquarters. Great. Uh, during a tour of the folks in the family offices in 1993, a couple from Michigan asked if handling all of the sightseers in the main building was a distraction from the regular working staff. The working staff said yes. The couple then donated four million dollars to build a new visitor center on the land.
1: <laughs> uh,
5: um, okay. So, focus. The family soon had built five hundred and twenty-six thousand hundred square feet of stuff on their Colorado, Colorado property, including an entire replica of Wits End, the, the ice cream shop slash learning center from their radio program. Amazing! Which, um, uh, which I have
2: been to. Oh, how's the ice cream?
5: Ice cream's not bad. Um, Rest of it, I may have some notes. Did you get
2: drugged by a former spook?
5: No, but my brother did cut his head open. Oh, in in here he fell and cut his head open. That's good. Scar. Y'all, y'all should have sued. Oh well, we we were very happy at the time because we were there. Yeah, cult. Yeah, Mm. whatever. Um, Yeah, so I I, I've been there. in Focus on the Family is like welcome center kind of film he has like always you know people have like an always have like a film playing on a television whatever Um, Dobson compares his decision to build the headquarters in Colorado Springs to the founding of the temple at Jerusalem
4: okay
2: okay makes a lot of interesting calls this guy Uh,
5: so when when I went to the Focus on the Family headquarters when I was like 10 I was not there in a journalistic capacity because I was 10 years old um and in a um so i'm going to refer to a salon article about touring the facility in the in the late 90s um, the tour guide takes me upstairs to where the real work happens we uh, we stop first at a at a, a viewing room for an area full of cubicles 120 people work here the tour guide explains all they do is answer Focus on the Family correspondence. Uh, the room is empty today because it's a Saturday, but he says during the week, it, it brims with activity. He tells me how Focus listeners pour out their problems, asking for prayers on on their behalf and uh, and seek advice on things like marital problems, depression, and their sons and daughters who are gay. Uh, we receive about 10,000 letters a day, he says. Sometimes they send money, the guide admits, but Focus on the Family doesn't require them to. Every, every letter gets an answer regardless of who sends it. He points out that the correspondence staff takes the initiative to send out free literature books and tapes of focus on the family broadcasts even to those who don't donate uh focus on the family also keeps a database with uh, a description of everyone's problem uh, to refer back to them if the person ever writes again this database has over four million names that's really creepy no that's so weird it gets worse this database is very interesting and terrifying Um, A big part of the daily radio show is asking listeners to write in with questions or for people to send donations. Sometimes they'll advise, like, if you donate X amount, we'll ship you this book as a thank you. Um, You know, stuff like that. That's kind of common. Um, The Focus of the Family co-founder describes the radio business model uh, like this. Most Focus of the Family broadcasts give the appearance of of half-hour talk shows – but are actually thirty-minute infomercials for a focus on the family product. It's as ingenious as it is perfectly legitimate. The goal here is for obviously for people to send money because you know they're a donation, primarily a do- donation-based nonprofit, quote unquote. Um, they also sell stuff, or the, or you like buy stuff, but it's technically a donation, then they send you a book as a thank you, which is you know yeah. N- yeah. Um, but so sending them so the goal is to send money, but just sending them any correspondence is a win because whether they send in money or just a question, their names and addresses get added to this master database. Um, a special complimentary magazine is sent out monthly to everyone in this database, just like um, just like the radio show is a product catalog thinly veiled as a parenting guide. Um, so is this, this ma- magazine that they send out. It's mainly, uh, people, it's, it's to, you know, they advertise products and stuff, but it's thinly veiled as like parenting advice for like, you know, a free, free magazine for, for, from, Focus on the family. Um, People on this mailing list are also strongly encouraged to set up a monthly donation with uh, with different, like, thank you gift tiers, kind of like Patreon. Um, not only does Dobson and Focus on the Family use this database as, like, a grifting machine, it's also another way for Dobson to deploy his army of supporters. He will routinely, personally write letters uh, for a call to action, including a way for someone to contact Capitol Hill Um then, then he can just like mail out to everyone in, in this database, you know, for people to respond, so they can easily, you know, get changes in legislation done. So this database, combined with his ability to simply uh, disparagingly mention a piece of, le- of of a piece of legislation on air, uh, can get resulting in hundreds of thousands of people to write in or call in. Sure. Um, he also he also has the power to mobilize people uh, to meet his political goals through this like database like letter system, um, and. Everyone in Washington knows this, which is why so many conservative politicians have gotten so cozy with Dobson. It's because he has this database that he can just use on a whim to like mail something out to like millions of people and then also just address stuff on his radio show. What an um, and, impressive grift, though. And part of why this works is because he develops a parasocial relationship with his listeners. It's like, hey— i james as your friend need your help with this thing i will send you out a letter you know g- g- call into us if you have a family issue you know he'll get people to respond then you just get more and more names added added to this database
2: yep a uh, massive thing a huge amount of the right wing like the whole right wing is all about getting mailing lists which yeah. you then monetize and use to drive donations and stuff yeah so That's
5: in, like, the, in yeah. the next episode we're going to hear about The best thing that ever happened with this database, um, but also all the gay conversion therapy program do it in in the 2000s. So we have those two things to look forward to. uh, But that is the end of this section about focus on the family and James Dobson. Uh, How do how do you feel, Robert? I feel good. Um, this is, this I love has so far been pretty standard, kind
2: he, of. Yeah, I love that he managed to make hundreds of millions of dollars for himself and his organization. Although those two things are essentially the same, because nobody ever goes after these people for breaking the law flagrantly. Um, I loved that he monetized uh, a mass murderer, um, <laughs> and then when he got in trouble for monetizing it, he still gave the money to himself. <laughs> himself, yeah. Um, I love. I love what I love about the right is the, the complete lack of ethical consistency and the total and all-consuming lust for power. Um, and I think in, James Dobson embodies that in a number of ways, but most clearly in his desire to have people do violence to children, because that's really the core yes. of like that right-wing obsession with power, is like if a child disrespects an adult... They deserve to be harmed. This was an idea that I grew up with a lot yeah, too. Like my yeah. mom would tell me, if I ever, if I ever hear you talk back to an adult, like I'll beat the shit out of you, um, and variations of that. Um, and the things that I got the most physical punishment for as a kid were times in which um, I disrespected an adult. This idea that like the worst thing you can do as a child is not respect the power of adults. Um it, it, it all speaks to the kind of man he is. And as soon as he realizes, like, like when he's got no power um, before he gets into politics, then he's obsessed with this idea of disciplining children. Um, but as soon as he has some chance to force his views on everyone else, he takes it because that's the kind of person he is. He doesn't want people to be able to do things he doesn't personally want them doing. That's the essence of him and of conservatism. Yeah,
5: yeah, that's, that's cool. Well, that's well said. As as we'll learn more about gay conversion therapy, which involves a lot of child abuse, in the next episode. Yeah, awesome. That, um, continues.
4: Robert, um, do you have any uh plugables you want to plug?
2: Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, you know, um, I have a podcast. It's this one. Um, you We're, can it? Oh, really? Yeah, you can listen to it I heard on the your internet. Your
4: producer is awesome.
2: Yeah, she's great. Um the internet's also great. Uh one of many things that has no consequences. Mm-hmm. So find me find me on the internet, uh, alongside a bunch of racists plotting the downfall of civilization. But Robert's on Twitter We're at all I write on the okay. internet Together. I'm on Twitter I'm at also Hungry Twitter bow tie. There's
5: a tea public store behind the bastards. You can get the FDA approved to prevent all diseases
2: thing. Mm-hmm. I'll see you guys in the next episode.
4: Yeah, Robert, you should Bye. be shook right now. Look how well he did.
2: I always knew he was coming from behind.
0: <laughs> yeah, phrasing. All right, goodbye. I <laughs>